The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor Q&B. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Asia for this Thursday, March 16th in Hong Kong, Wednesday, March 15th in New York. And coming up today... Volatility grips financial markets with fresh turmoil at Credit Suisse after the collapse of some American banks. Switzerland's central bank says Credit Suisse will receive a liquidity backstop if it's needed. And traders question whether major central banks will have to curb their hawkishness to prevent a hard economic landing. The military heads of the U.S. and Russia discuss the downing of the American drone. I'm Dan Schwartzman. I'll have news coming up. That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak Asia, the business news you need to start your day in just one 15-minute podcast. Available on Apple, Spotify, the Bloomberg Business app, and everywhere you get your podcasts. Good morning. I'm Brian Curtis. And I'm Doug Krisner. Here are the stories we're following today. Let's take a closer look at this volatility now in the markets, uh, particularly as it relates to the turmoil at Credit Suisse. Credit Suisse's stock plunged as much as 30 percent. The Saudi National Bank ruled out increasing its stake in the firm because of regulatory constraints. Now we hear that Swiss authorities and Credit Suisse itself are discussing ways to stabilize the bank. Switzerland's central bank and financial regulators say the firm will receive a liquidity backstop if it's needed. Ideas floated also include a separation of the Swiss unit and a long-shot orchestrated tie-up with larger Swiss rival UBS. Earlier, Nouriel Roubini, the CEO of his own firm, Roubini Macro Associates, told us, quote, bad things can happen if Credit Suisse fails. It's important because the SVP was only about $150 billion of assets, while in the case of Credit Suisse, we're speaking about at least $700 billion. So anything will happen to Credit Suisse will be of systemic effect for not just the European financial system, but also for the global financial system. On Tuesday, Credit Suisse CEO Ulrich Kerner preached patience and said that the bank's financial position is sound. But concerns have mounted about the Swiss firm's financial health despite an ongoing restructuring of the bank. Clients, by the way, pulled more than $100 billion worth of assets in the final three months of last year. So let's get some more reaction now on Wall Street from the volatility that we have seen in the banking complex. We heard today from the CIO of J.P. Morgan Asset Management. He is Bob Michael. He is warning of an economic hard landing for the American economy. And he told us the shockwave from the banking crisis could put an already fragile economy more at risk. If you think about where we were a year ago, the Fed was just starting its rate hiking cycle. So over the next couple quarters, you're going to get those long and variable cumulative and lagged impacts hitting the market further. So I I think this is the tip 
of the iceberg. I think there's a lot more consolidation, a lot more pain yet to come. Bob Michael there, who is the CIO of J.P. Morgan Asset Management, he went on to say he's expecting the Fed to get this pause at next week's meeting, and he is predicting the U.S. Treasury yield curve will drop by as much as 3%. Former Treasury Secretary Larry Summers said that central banks will now have to carefully judge the disinflationary impulse resulting from the turmoil in the banking industry. Here's Summers speaking earlier on Bloomberg. I think if institutions don't focus on their inflation mandate, they will be making a very serious uh, mistake. And if they appear to be abandoning concern about inflation, they will make a very serious mistake. Summers said he's confident that the Fed and the ECB are in touch with one another about their next policy moves. He also said that a half-point hike by the Fed in March should probably be off the table. And, Doug, that seems almost like an understatement. I would say you're right. Well, meantime, we have the Treasury Department reviewing the U.S. financial sector's exposure to Credit Suisse. That story from Bloomberg's Ann Cates. Officials at the Treasury Department are working closely with the Federal Reserve and European regulators on how U.S. banks may be impacted by the turmoil at Credit Suisse. For investors still on edge after the collapse of three regional U.S. banks, the growing crisis at Credit Suisse has added to concerns about financial stability. When issues arise across the global financial system, Treasury typically reaches out to major banks to gather data that will inform their next steps. In Washington, Ann Cates, Bloomberg Daybreak Asia. Meantime, Morgan Stanley CIO Lisa Shalit says that the collapse of three American banks isn't a prelude to a financial crisis like we saw back in 2008. She told Bloomberg that she sees the collapse as being driven mostly by poor risk management at a time of aggressive Fed tightening. So there's an element of this, you know, where 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 this is less about. Uh, immediate contagion. Again, remember in the great financial crisis, there was a lot of this that was about, you know, cross counterparty credit risk. That's not what this is about. Shalit considers that the threat to the broad financial industry and economy is contained. She urged the Fed and the ECB to stay engaged in their fight against inflation. In the meantime, the European Central Bank will issue a monetary policy decision tomorrow. Bloomberg Economics expects the governing council to be more cautious than it previously signaled with a hike of 25 basis points. I'm Brian Curtis, along with Doug Krisner. So three quick things here. Bank turmoil, Doug. Definitely now a global story Uh, that has changed. Uh, These runs on the bank uh, are hitting lending and the economy. So think organic tightening, doing the Fed's job. And also that all global central banks now are probably considering whether or not to stop tightening right away to assess the impact. Now, we heard some comments there, like from Lisa Shallot, that it's not necessary. uh, But uh, and this does put the Fed and the ECB in a particular quantity because their meetings come up so soon. One of the things I thought was interesting, too, if this is really a crisis, not only of the banking system, but more broadly, uh, the financial system and businesses and consumers begin to pull back. What does that mean for inflation going forward? Look at today's surprising drop in PPI. And that perhaps could have some influence on next week's Fed meeting. The retail sales number, that was maybe a bit unexpected with a drop in the month of February. So you look at what's happening in the banking sector and the second and third order effects that could begin to uh, move away from the epicenter, along with some of the data points now indicating a softer economy. Um, yeah, I think 
you're probably right, Brian, in terms of peak rates in, from central banks, that's already been put in place. Yeah, it brings to mind the line from John Maynard Keynes, when the facts change, I change my mind. What do you do, sir? Uh, and well, another point that's kind of interesting here, Doug, and I, I completely agree when I said that, you know, that I thought that the organic tightening that was going on was actually doing the Fed's job. So mm. they, they, they can pause if they want and say that, look, this work is being done by the, by the economy itself. But you know, carry trades are great until the load becomes too heavy, but the reverse is true, too. So when we look at... Uh, if rates have to come down in a hurry, then a lot of those securities that are on the books at Silicon Valley Bank and others yielding 2 to 3%, which didn't look good a week ago, might start looking pretty good if rates go down. So, it's all relative in these markets. It is. And if those um, assets are being looked at by any ent entity right now, you can probably, uh, I think, make a fair assumption that they're going to view that in just the way that you did now, Brian. And I just want to point out in terms of economic weakness. We're getting an indication now from New Zealand that uh, fourth quarter GDP was negative six-tenths of one percent, three times, three times uh, what the street was looking for. Interesting day. We have Anthony Doyle coming up, head of investment strategy at Firetrail Investments in our studios in Sydney, and we will be chatting with him in a moment. But now it's time for Global News. U.S. and Russian military heads discussing the downing of a drone yesterday. Dan Schwartzman with details in the New York newsroom. Dan. Yeah, Brian, it definitely was a rare chat between the U.S. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin and Russia's Minister of Defense Sergei Shoigu, which happened earlier today. Obviously not the best of friends these days, but both speaking about that Reaper surveillance drone that went down in the Black Sea after possibly being hit by a Russian fighter jet. Both sides looking to avoid escalating the situation. Russia has denied that its jet hit the drone and says it crashed due to, quote, sharp maneuvering. Reports say both sides are racing to recover the wreckage of that Reaper. Austin says the U.S., though, won't stop flying drones. I just got off the phone with my Russian counterpart, Minister Shoigu. <clears throat> As I've said repeatedly, it's important that great powers be models of transparency and communication. And the United States will continue to fly and to operate wherever international law allows. Austin was speaking earlier today. With too many close calls involving airplanes almost colliding occurring recently, the Federal Aviation Authority holding a conference today to figure out ways to improve the system. Secretary of Transportation, uh, Transportation Pete Buttigieg, along with National Transportation Safety Board Chairwoman Jennifer Hammondy, were all in attendance discussing why the industry was on track to record more than 20 close calls this year involving aircraft. Secretary Buttigieg says mistakes are becoming more common. Initial information suggests that more mistakes than usual are happening across the system, on runways, uh, at gates when planes are pushing back, in control towers, and on flight decks. So today is about the entire system, which means it's about all of us. Former cricket star turned ex-premier of Pakistan Imran Khan has avoided being arrested for at least one more night. A Pakistani court has suspended operations to arrest Khan till at least 10 a.m. on Thursday. Supporters of Khan have been blocking access to his home, making it hard for police to execute a search warrant. Now, Khan is facing charges of having failed to disclose funds made from selling state gifts when he was in power. 110 people have been arrested in Iran for possibly being involved in the poisoning of girls' schools that led to hundreds of students 
students being hospitalized. Students and teachers complained of noxious gases that led to nausea and vomiting in hundreds of schools as protests led by women and girls racked the country. Details on who was arrested or what types of gases were used in the attacks have not been released as of now. Global News 24 hours a day, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in over 120 countries. I'm Dan Schwartzman, and this is Bloomberg. The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com. I'm Brian Curtis in Hong Kong, along with Rishad Salamat and Doug Krisner in New York. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Asia. Our guest is Anthony Doyle, head of investment strategy at Firetrail Investments in our studios in Sydney. Well, Anthony, thanks for joining us. I, I keep coming back to this when I think about this big story. You've got bank mismanagement or lacking supervision or central bank hiking on steroids. A lot of people say all three. But does one stand out as the root of this crisis? Well, I wouldn't say that uh, it is uh, one particular standout reason for, for why we are living through um, the, the current volatility in markets. It's arguably a culmination of uh, the reasons you just outlined and probably um, even more, you know, including uh, leverage, the rise of algorithmic oh, yeah. and short-term trading, and uh, obviously forced liquidation of assets as well. Um, we're only now starting to understand some of the lagged impacts of uh, the interest rate hikes that we've seen. And it is this dichotomy, it is this tension that exists at the moment between the real economy and uh, the financial world. Uh, and obviously, uh, central banks around the world have a job to do in both. Um, and now the tussle is uh, which one will win out in terms of the central bank's attention. Well, with Credit Suisse in mind, this is a, goes much beyond tight monetary policy, does it not? Yeah, I mean, uh, Credit Suisse has been almost like a, a slow-moving car crash um, for the last 12 to 18 months, even with um, CEO Tijan Tiam in place um, a number of years ago as well. Um, and you'll obviously remember the concerns around Deutsche Bank uh, in 2018 mm. too. So um, obviously uh, Credit Suisse, um, they're in close talks with the Swiss National Bank. Um, uh, but uh, certainly uh, they, they are actioning and trying to remedy some of the concerns they have uh, around their balance sheet. Um, nonetheless, we are seeing uh, obviously deposit flight um, from that institution. Uh, and that's what um, has uh, elevated concerns at the moment. And you're seeing that expressed via um, CDS in particular. So there's money to be made in markets like this, uh, either on the short side or on the long side. Uh, people say there's always a bull market somewhere. I'm wondering whether or not profitable tech uh, benefits here from a perceived flight to safety. Yeah, Doug. So uh, in terms of you know the way that we look at the world, and the great thing about markets, obviously, is you have uh, the interaction of uh, many, many different types of 
uh, motivations, um, whether that be around risk tolerance or whether that be around um, your time horizon for, for what you want to generate, um, you know, profits uh, and returns on. And uh, for us, uh, obviously, unprofitable tech has been absolutely carried out um, over the course of the last 12 to 18 months, as you've seen the cost of capital appreciate, um, and obviously investors become a lot more discerning about where they are allocating capital. Um, but for us, you know, uh, the profitable tech names, um, in particular, a name like Microsoft, for example, yeah. they could find uh, the environment at the moment particularly fruitful, um, as you find uh, arguably good companies um, finding the current operating environment much more difficult. Um, and so those big tech firms that have large cash um, on their balance sheets, um, uh, they can look to deploy them and arguably pick up a bargain or two um, or three or four. So what you're saying is size matters, aren't you? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, if you think about, as I said, Microsoft, you know, AAA rated, um, huge level of cash on the balance sheet. Um, and this is an environment where liquidity matters. Um, and so if you are finding it difficult to raise liquidity, whether that be via VC funding, whether that be via debt or equity markets, you're inevitably going to end up cap in hand um, to, to those uh, that have that have cash, um, and I would suggest that um, you know those companies that are in a more powerful position, they're going to drive a pretty hard bargain. Um, yeah. So it is an environment where arguably we'll see M and A pick up and consolidation within the tech sector in particular. One of the key points we made today, uh, you know, obviously this is a global story now, um, and the health of the banks is is critical to any economy, uh, but also whether or not what we're seeing with those banks, uh, the fact that they will no doubt lend less, and that will do part of the central bank's jobs of, of tightening up financial conditions. Is it enough that the central banks globally could pause here, uh, those that are in the tightening mode, could pause to assess? I don't believe that they will. Um, so I think certainly they'll scale back. Well, the market scaled back expectations for 50 basis point rate hikes, for example, um, in the US and Europe. I think they will continue um, because of the negative message that that would potentially send. Um, so you know, this uh, this event has obviously occurred last week. I think it's too uh, soon to potentially pause on their rate hiking paths. Um, that said, obviously they aren't on a predetermined, they haven't got a predetermined course in mind and uh, are obviously data dependent, particularly the closer we get to uh, a terminal rate, um, whether that occurs in, in, in Q2 or Q3 of this year. So with that in mind, I think inflation is still uncomfortably high for them, even with the numbers we saw on PPI and CPI this week. I think the labour market is still too strong. I think they're concerned about um, a wage price spiral remaining. Um, and arguably, I think they will, they will say that they have the tools in place um, to support the financial system, um, such as some of the measures we've seen, both from the Swiss National Bank, but also um, the US Federal Reserve mm. and the, um, the government yeah. in the US. So so, Anthony, you know, in a higher interest rate environment, you know, what are you looking at? Are there some companies which do better in situations like this? And I'm not talking about what you just mentioned about size, et cetera, but just by generally them business models. Oh, absolutely. So, uh, as you'd expect, as any active investment house, you know, we, we uh, advocate um, being highly selective. Um, so, we run concentrated high conviction portfolios. And this isn't a time that you want beta to the market. This isn't a time where you want to be, um, you know, have exposure throughout the index because uh, you will find that environments uh, such as the one we are living in um, for the next 12 to 18 months, I would suggest um, the, the leaders and the winners in the marketplace will be very different to 
that at which we experienced mm. over the course of the last decade. We're in a, uh, a teener environment. There is no alternative and QE and uh, cheap money. So for us, yeah. uh, it's about being concentrated and, and in particular thinking about companies that um, are potentially more resilient in an economic downturn, more defensive style companies. Yeah, you, you mentioned some picks. Um, Ryan uh, was one uh, on the New York Stock Exchange. And uh, I, I, I just note that on a day like today when, you know, you're worried about uh, the sky is falling, uh, you know, you get a company like Adobe come out and uh, announce strong earnings, the, the stock up 4.6% uh, in, in after hours. Um, so it, it actually makes it a very good time to be a stock picker. And, you know, the world is um, your canvas. Yeah, so what we've um, experienced in particular is is an environment where correlations, interest stock correlations within the S&P 500 or Euro stocks, for example, have been elevated. And I think 10 out of the last 12 uh, most volatile trading days uh, in 2022 were actually US CPI prints. Uh, and that's an environment where obviously macro is driving the market. Um, and so in an environment where you do get uh, lower levels of interest stock correlations and higher dispersion within the marketplace, it really is a fruitful time to be an active stock picker. So as you mentioned, you know we like Ryan Holdings. Um, another example is Carrier, um, HVAC manufacturer. And we also like a, a Timber Reed based over um, in uh, Seattle, listed on New York Stock Exchange, Weyerhaeuser, for example, yeah. for the potential to you know, uh, sell uh, very high quality carbon credits. And they're developing a climate solutions business, which we believe over the longer term, medium to longer term, you've got structural yeah. tailwinds there from decarbonisation and uh, a regulatory tailwind as well. Anthony, thank you for joining us uh, at this early hour. Anthony Doyle, Head of Investment Strategy at Firetrail Investments. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Asia, your morning brief on the stories making news from Hong Kong to Singapore and Wall Street. Look for us on your podcast feed every day on Apple, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can also listen live each day on Bloomberg 1130 in New York, Bloomberg 991 in Washington, Bloomberg 1061 in Boston, and Bloomberg 960 in San Francisco. Our flagship New York station is also available on your Amazon Alexa devices. Just say Alexa. Play Bloomberg 1130. Plus, listen coast to coast on the Bloomberg Business app, Sirius XM Channel 119, the iHeartRadio app, and on Bloomberg.com. I'm Brian Curtis. And I'm Doug Krisner. Join us again tomorrow for all the news you need to start your day right here on Bloomberg Daybreak Asia. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com.